Hey everyone, welcome back to Tropes and Tirades. I'm your co-host Tristan Albrecht, joined as always by my good friend Preston Gibson. Yo! Last week we talked about elves, and this week we're also talking about elves, only now we're going to make it our own. Join us for today's tirade, pompous and pointy-eared. So Preston and I both want to apologize for last week. Our oh. hatred of elves. Hey, listen, I'm not a bigot, but I, I will say that I just finished reading two books where elves are kind of, well, they suck. I finished the Witcher series where they're, they literally want to inseminate and take control of Ciri's baby, just like everybody else, but also commit genocide against humans. And then, uh... Gen we, are a, we are an anti-genocide podcast. Pretty firmly. Yeah, pretty pretty firmly, firmly, yes. Yeah. All, all races and species have a, have a right to inhabit your fantasy realms. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it seems like elves are the ones that have the problem with that most of the time. Yeah. Elves, elves are the, the most, the most uh, happy to genocide other races, I would say. I Arguably. Think, I think... To do it knowledgeably, plans <laughs> about it. Right, I would say premeditated genocide is definitely an elf thing. Yes. Yeah, unlike orcs that just kind of kill everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would also like to apologize uh, for another change in the format. I, hopefully, from now on, we'll be following this where we release an episode, or release a trope episode, and then. The week after, we'll release, release a tirade episode of that same subject. So that way we can kind of dwell on the same um, topic for a little bit longer, uh, cover things that we maybe forgot to cover in the first one, and also just draw out the discussion so that um, we can get a little bit more in-depth with what we're talking about and a little bit more specific. Yeah. So again, a trope. Uh, we'll go over usage and examples, and then the week after we'll do a tirade talking about our own usage and our thoughts about the trope. And in between, feel free to tweet us. Uh, I would love to bring up people's questions in the in the tirade episodes. You so. can find us on Twitter at Tropes and Tropes and that's us. Now, have you written any elven races into your worlds? Yeah, I have. I have a similar to elves kind of race that I use with my. Um, with my tabletop games, which I've been running for about five years, um, in the same world setting. Um, and I used to write books in that setting back when I was a little bit less experienced. And, you know, basically that's how I got my start in writing, which, um, you know, as a little bit of a side note, I think that it's a really fun place to start writing, to like do a bunch of world building stuff and like write some simple stories in a world that you're excited about. Because I think it does, um, at least for me, it made the process really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, because it felt like it more than I was more than I was just writing a story. I was like contributing to a larger. I yeah, I spent a good part of my one of my college years just carrying a composition notebook with me and making a huge, huge world in it. Mm -hmm. Just like a big compendium of like random things and random races and creatures, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I remember reading a little bit of that, and it's really cool. It's yeah. just a, it's it makes it really fun because again, you feel like you're contributing to more than just a single work. You're contributing contributing to something bigger even though it doesn't necessarily take more effort than writing just a novel right you know not to downplay how serious the whole novel writing process is yeah um, but over time you know I haven't um, I haven't revisited those series that I was writing but 
I have been using this for D&D campaigns. Um, oh, here's roughly D&D adjacent campaigns. A lot of homebrewing involved, but you are going to say. Yeah, sorry. Hey, if you find a notebook that says Yagriv on the cover, that's my notebook. <laughs> and some crackhead grabbed it out of my car. Please return it to us immediately. <laughs> stole my almost empty backpack. That's so tragic, too. I forgot that you lost that thing. But, um... So yeah, I have a I have an uh, elf adjacent race. Um, now, when I was a teenager, I had a somewhat more immature view on tropes in that I wanted to subvert all of them. Okay. So I made an elf race that wasn't elves, specifically that didn't have pointy ears, but that were called elves, and it was very offensive to call them elves. Um, Are they the Kess? Yes, okay. they're called Kess. Um, they basically have more of a um, casual link to the spirit world as it is. It's not really called the spirit world, but you know, I'm just going to be talking in general concepts um, to get this point across. So they have a very loose and casual connection with that, so they can enter it at any time through like a dreamlike sort of like trance-like state. They can do it even while standing up, you know. Um, and so they're a little bit more attuned than the rest of the races, but um, they. Their bodies decay a lot quicker, like age a lot quicker than the other races. They live to be about 40. Um, but they have a tradition, like a cultural tradition of theirs, where um, when they have children, and they always have twins, um, when they have children, that they will, because the spirit world can be used to possess other people's minds in this, mm -hmm. uh, in this setting, um, they will basically project their souls out of their bodies, enter the bodies of their uh, children, and like basically commandeer that so they can just keep reincarnating themselves. Okay, so I have a question about mm -hmm. what you just said. Is it really a tradition if it's just the same people doing it over and over again? Arguably or... not, because it's not really being like passed down generations, yeah. but they're passing themselves down generations. So it's really like the same group of people, right? Yeah. But there are others who sort of opt out of it. Um, who will, you know, end their cycles basically by becoming sort of like a, um, a nursery or like, 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 like a nurse sort of that like cares for the babies, right? The baby versions of these people. Um, In order for those people to carry on. Yes. Yeah. Weird. What, what happens? Because not everybody opts in basically. Um, and a lot of those ones won't have children at all. Oh, so them. wait, you're saying when they have twins, when mm -hmm. two people have twins, they'll each jump into those people? Yes. So they'll... Go from lovers to brothers. Yeah, and they never mate twice, obviously, with the yeah. same person. Obviously, because just genetically, that would be an absolute nightmare. Um, so they don't do that. Um, also, they, they aren't really lovers, because they don't really experience love the same way as humans. Okay. It's, it's, very, it's a very practical thing. Um, and so, I mean, I was using a lot of tropes, like, like the kind of coldness of elves and their immortality. Um, but I was trying to throw my own spins on them. I still think that those spins are interesting, and I still will use them quite frequently. Players who play those characters, they're very difficult characters to play, because usually they have a lot of really messed up history, right? Yeah. But there are plenty of cats who just live their normal lives, have normal kids. You know, like, there oh. are some that do that. Okay. So, like, there, there's a way out of it, right? And it depends on what point in history they're playing in. There are some points of history where that practice is looked down on more. Mm -hmm. And some points in history where it's, like, kind of... It's just commonplace. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it, it can become a really interesting thing for a player character to deal with. Because, you know, I have a player character right now who has been basically doing it since 
they figured out how to do that. So this dude's like, I think 700 years old or something like that. I'm trying to remember. He's really, really old. Um, and like, he's on like his last cycle because he's basically fed up with it or whatever. Okay. Um, and it just makes for some really interesting character interactions because he knows a lot and I can give him a lot of lore that he as a character, as a player doesn't know, but his character does because he's been around so yeah. long. Um, and he can just, just, just become sort of like a, a different element to introduce into a party where everybody else is just kind of normal people. Um, but again, that is a moral that, issue. That is funny because that's one of the functions that elves have a lot in, mm -hmm. in literature is to just be troves of information. Yeah. Just like, to like, expose. Oh yeah. You, you want, you want 700 years of history right now? Well, I I've got lived it. it, so I, I got, got it. it. Here it is. Here's every prophecy explained. Yeah, exactly. And I don't really have a prophetic system in my world, so there's not a lot of prophecies, but there is a lot of, like, um, I guess, yeah, there's there's a lot of, like, Kess knowing a lot of, um, being able to predict things because they've seen so mm -hmm. much, so many patterns in their lifetimes. Um and yeah, it's just kind of funny, like, how many of the tropes come up through that device, through that race? Like, how many tropes are, like, still intact, you know? And that's why I was like, these guys kind of are elves. They really are, especially because I base them off of it. You know, they're the closest race to looking to, like, humans, um, because they're just fairer-looking humans, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, but I also intentionally, like, appearance-wise, I made them a little bit off-putting, um, just to, like, just to kind of, like betray their sort of like rotten nature in some ways yeah how elves are always portrayed even when they are evil they're just so fair and elegant in mm -hmm. most and like ways. like kind of the thing with Kess is that like 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 features wise they are like pretty conventionally attractive but they have like their hair is very like greasy and just like unsettling jet black. details yes and their their skin is like white to the point of almost being translucent and um and their eyes are like blank and glowing um so they are like a little bit um unnerving to look at for okay. people for most humans but they're still like kind of beautiful and that's kind of the again it's like the trope comes back up but i was trying to do something else with it yeah and uh, i yeah. i think i think i kind of just leaned into the pomp for my elves really because that could be really fun too like as a device so what do you do with yours mine are just very capitalistic capt <laughs> very capitalistically motivated mm -hmm. they I mean, kind of use the, the, instead of just complaining about how short human lives are, they just kind of use it as to get rich, basically. Mm, but okay. th they're very pompous. They're very, uh, I envision them like musketeer era. Oh, okay. Like France. Renaissance or even post-Renaissance. Yeah. yeah, carrying rapiers and like smacking each other with gloves and, and having, <laughs> having duels and... Yeah. Yeah. Puffy sleeves and stuff. Having just ex over extravagant vineyards and just like, yeah. Yeah, that's really really fun. Especially if you're, especially if you're using it to be kind of like this stuff's a little bit dumb, right? Or this stuff's a little bit toxic. Yeah, and I don't know if it's worth talking about, but I also have a race that I created from scratch that that mirrors like wood elves. But I don't mm. know if we want to talk about that when we go to talk about custom races or if it's worth talking about now. Hmm. Well, I mean. I think it'd be fun to talk about because I think there are a lot of ways that, you know, it's like what I was saying, like about like, like you try to get away from elves, you try to make things that aren't elves, but you can use a lot of their tropes in ways yeah. that are cool. Okay. So like, what are some tropes that those guys have? So and what there, are they there are these race, there's this race called Halums, which mm -hmm. 
are unique in that once they're born, they bond to the first three things they touch, mm -hmm. which was normally like armor and weapons and just other such useful stuff like that. But they found that if when they were born, they bonded to a specific type of tree, that it would give them like everlasting life, near everlasting life, mm -hmm. and like benefits in like they grow thicker skin and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So already the kind of like tree folk, um, very, very nature-y traits yeah, of elves. But they really actually have a kind of a reason to mm -hmm. be protective of trees. Yeah, more and than not just, just like, like, oh, I'm so smart that I'm above civilization. That's right. I can weave trees, dude. I don't need rock houses. Yeah. <laughs> and well, they had cool. a huge civil war mm -hmm. over the trees and who had possession of the trees. Mm -hmm. Um and there are halums that, like, don't, that, like, certain tribes that aren't bonded to the trees. Mm -hmm. But there, yeah, there's a class that controls them. And I had, I think bonding with trees really slows down your fertility. Mm -hmm. Or that, or they could, you know, take oaths to not have children. Because if they do have a lot of children, then those children will die young and they won't get bonded to trees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and keep in mind too, uh, because we're talking about like some world states that are a little bit in flux and aren't put to paper yet and are being used for more interactive media in some case, that there are going to be some things that aren't like written in stone yet yeah. uh, that, like, that, that will change over time. Um, it's, it's different when we're talking about a book where everything's already been put in place and you kind of have to hold it to the rules that are set, right? Um, just a little note I wanted to make. But yeah, I mean... I remember when you were telling me about Halums, I didn't even think, like the first time, um, I didn't even think elves automatically. I kind of had a lot of those conceptions about elves, like wood elves specifically, like the mm -hmm. nature elves, um, that kind of helped me contextualize them. But now that you actually compare them, like, well, they kind of are elves, it does make it, it makes it interesting. I had an extra a, element. There's some really cool characters you can make with people who are like bonded to things that they could teleport with. Mm -hmm. So when they're bonded to the trees, obviously they'll leave with like, I don't know, 200 year oaths to mm -hmm. not return to their tree, to not use that as like a, oh, I can get out of this battle real quick. Right, just by just, zoop. Yeah. Yeah, because they can teleport. That mean to be clear, though, they can teleport to the three things that they're bonded to yeah. at any time. Well, I think, yes. Mm -hmm. But it, it's kind of a mass thing where they can't, they can't, wouldn't be able to bring the tree to them. But, right. But okay. if they're bonded to like a spear, they can bring the spear to them. Oh, if it's like not like rooted. Yeah. It's not literally rooted, right? Mm hmm. It'd be kind of funny if you had something that, like, they would bolt it down. Like, if there was, like, a Halem, like, living in a city, that they would, like, bolt it down with, like, brackets to the ground. I like the thought that they just, like, they're pretty careless mm -hmm. with their weapons. They'll just, like, throw it and then just, like, leave it at a tavern. And they'll just be like, yeah, that, that spear's there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just disappears. It just appears in their hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would like, I like that, too. I think you could have, um, that would be a really fun device if you were to use this for tabletop games. Um. But there's Just like, for character creation. There's a legend of this this girl mm -hmm. who I was make, making that didn't know she was a Halem until she grew up, but she was bonded to a bow and two arrows, mm -hmm. which just seems broken. Yeah, but th I mean, that could be super fun from like a gameplay perspective if we were talking about a game or just for combat scenes. Yeah. If you were writing combat scenes, which also is something that we haven't talked about a lot, just how to write combat scenes well mm -hmm. could come up later. But um. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. And I think for the character creation process, it's fun to have to, like, meet criteria, right? Yeah. And, like, that criteria, think of three things. 
one of them probably being a tree. Very cool. Very cool. There's a in the in the story I'm working on now. There is a uh, a pair of tw well twins that were born mm -hmm. to a Halem couple that are looked down upon because they have a fourth bond with mm -hmm. each other. So they oh, okay. get teleported to one another, mm -hmm. and they're kind of like looked down upon because three is a sacred number. And yeah, that kind of breaks tradition. That could almost be like a near quote unquote satanic number for them. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm doing with it. And but they set out as mercenaries, and it just is going to be really fun to write their battle scenes. That would be very very fun, and also just fun for like the the relationship aspect and just like writing those two characters having that bond to each other is fun. That sounds really cool. How far are you into that project? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, I have the bones of it there. I'm just trying to design uh, the main character and the format or the way I'm going to write it. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. So tell me what Halems look like. Uh, they're kind of... They're humanoid and I basically look like humans except that they have like stone gray skin. Mm -hmm. And I think ones that bonded with the trees, like their skin tone slowly shifts towards wood kind of like bark yeah barky mm -hmm. the closer or the older they get okay interesting so so this girl who you were writing who didn't know she was a halem probably looked like a little bit less like her traits were like a little bit more human than you yeah because mm -hmm. that's always interesting to write too you know if it's like yeah. like somebody sees there's something off about him but can't tell what it is right well they know she is but like she was never taught oh yeah got you got you it's like not a it's not a mystery, but she doesn't really know her heritage. Mm, okay. Um, oh yeah. So the three main things they bond to though are their tree, uh, a like giant serpent thing to protect their tree, mm, okay. and then a weapon. Okay, so like an animal, they they have like almost like a pet. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But it just mostly chills with their tree. Yeah, and since they don't spend a lot of time with their tree, they probably don't know that serpent very well. I mean, they're bonded to it, mm. so I would think that they know it pretty well. But can I they... Mean, they grow up there, and they spend like their first 50 or 100 years there, and then they go and travel. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So are they able to communicate with the things that they're bonded to if they're bonded to like a person or bonded to an animal? I don't want to... I think probably they have better communication with those things, but I don't think it would work over it's a, not over like a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because that's an important thing. I feel like a lot of um, fantasy worlds use like telepathy or like like instant communication stuff just mm -hmm. for like the narrative elements, but it can be nice to have a limitation there. Yeah. Sometimes. Definitely. You know, like you don't want to make you don't want to make everything too easy, and I think telepathy is an example of something that makes things a little too easy sometimes. I especially noticed that in my um, in my campaigns, having like instant communication with certain characters like really cheapens things sometimes, yeah, especially between players. If players can communicate with each other at all times, that it's like it can really break immersion and it can just make things too easy. Plus, I, how would that work? They would have to talk through their snake and get their snake to talk to another snake and have that snake tell somebody talk else. back to them no talk back to the, the person they're bonded to mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't know i don't know could be interesting though i mean it, it would be interesting but i don't but know. it's like if it's not something if it's not a device that you want to use and you like that limitation then like use that limitation yeah. really because i almost think it might become too much of a trope if you had them being able to talk instantly. It was just like a thing I was like, I figure I should ask that question since it mm -hmm. seems natural, right? Since it seems like an easy next step. 
and sometimes you don't want those easy next steps when you're doing world building. It is a cool way to, like how Aragon is written, where he's always talking to, to his to, dragon, yeah, right? to his dragon. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I'm a fan of that. I like things being said out loud. Yeah. Oh, and sure. I do like internal monologue, but that book is just a lot of internal dialogue. Yeah. Internal dialogue, which is funny, but true. Yeah. Well, should we? All right, we'll do an exercise now where Tristan and I will create a race of elves. Mm-hmm. So, in order to do that, what kind of setting are we doing? Should we? Should we? Should we just work on that water setting more? Uh, I or don't know. We start a new one. Yeah, I think we start a new one mm-hmm. because it's got to have trees, <laughs> right? Because it's got to have trees. Now the question is: with this, are we trying to create one that is using a bunch of tropes, and we're like trying to make it kind of, you know, kind um, of cliche, or are we trying to break them? I don't know because before we tried to make one where we just weighed so heavily on the tropes and made a really horrible like example of it but it turned into something we didn't want to do that to right because it became too dear yeah right so let's just start trying to make something cool and see where it goes Mm. well let's say that um you know let's just start off with uh mushroom forest mushroom forest okay because i like though i like those as far as imagery goes and those are becoming a trope of their own of course um but let's say you know like 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 these Dank swamps. Now you got an well. You say mushroom forest, and you immediately have a swap of perception of your of elves. Like now they're they gotta be like gnomish. Yeah, and, they're like gnomish and gray. There's gotta be psychedelics involved. Yeah, of course. Right? But that's kind of fun, right? I feel like mm-hmm. you know, especially because well. Okay, yeah, so now that you've that. said mushroom forest, I can put these people in the water world. They fit in. Yeah, that'll work fine. Okay. Right? <laughs> So, lowland swamps with uh, giant mushrooms, right? Let's say the mushrooms are kind of like like ancestor trees where they are able to communicate, you know? Um, well, yeah, actually that works because mushrooms have a huge connective like system. Yeah, like they're all networked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's say that it, uh, it communicates in like a, an ancient language which you can't learn to speak. But that you can understand. I was just gonna say they kind of like just change different hues. Oh, that would be yeah, that would be sick. So like like it just it just innately these uh, elves can understand the the hues and stuff like that and know what it well, means. Well, they they don't understand them, but they can read them. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they kind of they get what they're communicating by looking at these, these a, hue changes. They have a head hue reader. Yes, and these hues aren't necessarily like bright colors, but instead they're like various like earthen tones. Yeah, right. seeing like deep maroon and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and so like like an outsider coming into it just thinks that it's like normal mushrooms, because like they don't like look like glowing or bright or anything. When in fact a mushroom snitching on that guy, he's like, oh, you got a visitor. <laughs> There's an intruder, right? <laughs> I would also love if these mushrooms were a little bit fallible, um, like they aren't like necessarily like all knowing and perfect, but that they. I don't think they know anything at all. They just kind of like. They just sort of say things and signal yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. So it almost becomes like a a tool in the same way livestock is a tool mm-hmm. for uh, for these for these elves. I would say I don't I don't think that they should worship the mushrooms. 
No, they just they just have a system of that's why they're so hard to find. Mm-hmm. Just because they they can read them. Yeah, they read the mushrooms, know where people are coming from, and use that to avoid their intruders and stuff like that, and avoid trespassers, avoid hunters. Can we can we have them advance past like living in huts, and can they have like actual towers and palisades mm-hmm. and stuff? But yeah. but uh, they have. Oh, what are I want to say apiary, but I don't think that's right. Where like there's a garden inside. Oh, inside like the mushrooms themselves, or yeah. inside the, uh, the the buildings you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, they just have like a massive chamber in the middle. Mm-hmm. You built know, around the mushrooms. You know what would be fun if the buildings are magically projected, and that like the signal for that projection can be. Um, cast anywhere within the um, the network, right? So like 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 you have like like a magically, uh, you basically have like like a magic tower that appears, right? Um, and it can it can be moved anywhere throughout the entire n- mushroom network, you know, beneath the ground. Is that a little bit too abstract? Or do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I just... cities are like like are almost like illusions, but they do like they are physical, and they can like move them. So you're saying the elves have a city that can, like, teleport? Basically, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Don't know how you feel about that? Along the mushroom connectivity, or...? Yeah. Okay. So they have to stay within the mushroom grove. I don't know about that. Because I want them just to... I hate that elves are so secluded and hard to find, but, like, if they have warning, and they always... Like, I like the fact that it plays off their kind of all-knowingness to, like, be able to read these mushrooms and be like, oh, yeah, people are coming. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I like the fact that they're just, like, riding a magic teleportion. I mean, maybe they, maybe we don't know that they can do that by the beginning of the story because they don't, usually. They know when intruders are coming, but they don't try to avoid them. But some sort of great threat would allow them to move their entire city, I think, could be fun. Okay, I gotta say this because it's eating me inside. I looked up what apiary means, and it's where you grow bees, and I was completely wrong. Okay. (laughs) Worth bringing up. Worth bringing up. Especially because I don't think bees would be useful in a mushroom grove, right? No. There's no pollen involved. What transports spores well? Well, it could be something that's kind of like bees, like a fuzzy animal. You know what I just thought of? I thought of an elf riding a massive frog. Yep. (laughs) Yep. We gotta go with the frogs. Toad they got toads, um, and their toads are their to- toads venomous. Um, no, or else they wouldn't ride them. I don't. I I think that maybe they have advanced medicine for toads and stuff, but I I don't think giving race races immunities to stuff like, you know. I think it kind of solves their problems too easily. Like, they know how to harvest it, and they know how to deal with it, but if they get it, and they're not around places to be treated, that probably... Then it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It could be that they wear, like, a special kind of, like, chaps or waders when they're riding their toads that they don't get poisoned. No, I don't think the toads are poisonous. I think they have, like, frogs that they raise. Oh, there are all kinds of frogs growing in this. Yeah, that would be pretty cute. And some of the frogs eat the other frogs. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Different... I mean, it's a frog-based ecosystem. <laughs> you got you got eels, and it's it's a classic swamp. Mm. Gnats, rodents of unusual size. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Well, always you always need rodents of unusual size. But um, I wonder how does their how does their culture approach bugs then? Because in a swamp, there'd be a lot oh, of bugs. Oh God, 
I think, ooh, that that creates some really cool apparel of just like netting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're really fair people, but they they're just under so many layers of netting and like yeah, because like because the amount of like bugs in this swamp is just so oh, impressive. We're talking mosquitoes the size of 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 a palm. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that that <laughs> that will like suck a problematic amount of blood from you, right? The what? Um, another elven trope is that they're good at like good with animals, and I love the fact that they're like taming mosquitoes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a mosquito, like a a wily old mosquito tamer, and he's got just ooh. There's a whole there's a whole sect of elves that um that are kind of like taboo or like frowned upon in their like greater society, but they specifically harness mosquitoes as yeah. like weapons. As they like train mosquitoes for combat, and they're looked down upon because, of course, the frog eats a mosquito. Everybody knows. Yeah, this. obviously, everyone knows that. But then they have like a counter, like a counter lore of like, well, as so many mosquitoes could kill a frog or something. Yeah. And the, um, the mosquito drinks from the frog and lives on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that would be really fun. And then you know, does our main character interact with? the with the mosquito elves or the frog elves right? well okay so if we're going with mosquitoes and frogs right we mm-hmm. have to make a couple other sex because now mm-hmm. now we gotta branch out because we've already mentioned mushrooms mm-hmm. i think there should be a sect that is like totally focused on the mushrooms of course and yes. then we got the frogs mm-hmm. because you can get just as high off a frog as you can on a mushroom oh yeah oh yeah but not so much on mosquitoes. No, mosquito guys are total hard bastards. They're a little more Spartan. Yeah, they're very Spartan. I think would be fun. Um, but they're not, you know, not like like I was, not like like. What's uh, not Spartan? What's when like, like priests are really strict? What's that word? Uh, pious. Ascetic, pious. I think. I mean, I think they should be like zealous. Like, like they should be like a little bit wild, a little crazy. If they're like yeah. mosquitoes, they should be like a not little pious. Off. What's it called when you're too strict? But um, the fourth sect could be, I wonder if there's one that would be like about algae. An algae one? Yeah. In a swamp? Like moss, maybe? A bog people. <laughs> yeah, like like people who like, like um, who like worship like the, 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 like the smaller, simpler plants like moss on rocks and algae and like grasses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because those obviously also cover maybe like those are maybe like the most plentiful of everything like devout i think mm-hmm. like really devout and strict mm-hmm. i don't know if if warlike but i think definitely like whiny and like mosquito-y you know yeah like kind of um like always buzzing and yeah well they should yeah they should certainly be really busy right that would make a lot of sense if they're like a very like hustly sort of culture i think frog people would be more spartan yeah or like tougher yeah but um but I do like the idea of the mosquito people being kind of warlike. So we got frogs. You know, okay. those are really those are really nasty, violent little animals. Mosquitoes. What are what are some good examples of swamp creatures? We got leeches. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got. You said what did you say? You said moss and algae. Moss and algae. Okay. Yeah. Would be a good one. That might be under mushrooms though. Thinking that I could see that being like that they're like all the plant life really the yeah mushroom people I are like see all the plant life mushrooms and algae being a sect together mm-hmm. and I think not frogs oh, I can't think of it. well maybe newts frogs and newts salamanders 
And then we got mosquitoes and leeches are probably quite similar. Yeah, but I like that, I mean, they're very different aesthetic is the only thing. Like the mosquitoes being like flying and like the leeches being like waterborne. I could see like those being like two smaller sects that maybe work together. Or, yeah, but they like blood suckers. Yeah, they're, they're like, they have a similar like, um, they have a similar sort of like moral code, mm -hmm. but they don't get along 100%. Because Wait. they have very different like, um, different styles, right? Like the mosquito people maybe are like very like, you know, uppity and like energetic. And then like the leech people are like very like, um, grounded and soggy yeah, yeah. <laughs> and stationary. Yeah. Yeah. And well, then that would be fun. All right. We just, we said, so swamp rats, of course, mm -hmm. which are like fur traders. Mm -hmm. Ooh, could we have gators? Ooh, gators. Gators. Yes. Those guys should be warlike. And they should be like, like, they should be like people who, um, who travel by the water a lot. Maybe they're like the ones who are in charge of like the, the skiffs and things like that. Or the people who worship the gators. Are the ones that are smaller than gators called caimans? Maybe. Let me look that up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, caimans are little, little alligators. Um, they're smaller. Okay. So that would be kind of, yeah, maybe, maybe those guys are specifically... And what I'm thinking now, I also put down eels and pike. Okay. Ooh, piranha, dude. Okay. Yeah. Well, but then, so that would be interesting because, you know, our main character in that, in that series was, um, you know, the, the tooth fish, right? The, oh, the yeah. The toothfish. So, so we've connected the swamp to it. Yep. That could be why he ends up there if he does. So what I want to say now is that we've got one, two... Three, four, five, six, seven, almost seven different um, paths, mm -hmm. I would almost say. It would be easy to come up with a couple more, and we could almost have whatever month that elf was born on be oh. a follower or raised in that. Yes. Yeah, I like that a lot. So that way it's like like you're born, like, you know, you're all kind of like born in like a... Or that, that's, that's kind of how you're, these tribes, like interbreed and, and keep like the only you know, thing i would say about that is we have to make the uh the length that elven women carry their children inconsistent otherwise they would be able to map out a path for their child right well that could be interesting if that's something that people try to do but like it doesn't always hit the mark yeah i would that would be interesting but i think it so i think there needs to be something random in it hmm. yeah some sort of randomness to it yeah, yeah, just make it so, you know, they don't, like, they can be, these guys, like, aren't necessarily 100% human. They can be born at different stages, maybe. Because of some, if you inhale the wrong sort of spores, it can make your term last another month or two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then Ooh, I still you do. could sabotage somebody's children. Oh, that would be so good. The amount of stories that you could create with that. Or, like, some lady gets so fed up and doesn't want to have her kid in a certain month, so she just takes spores for, like, 11 more months. Mm-hmm. And just prolongs it. God. That would be, it would be a little wacky, but it would be kind of cool. Like, that, that's kind of their social structure is, like, there's a few that you want to be a part of. Probably you don't want to be in the mosquitoes and, and leech ones. Like, there's, like, kind of, like, like, a hierarchy, you know. And then, I mean, and then if you introduce a, a main character into the system, you know, you could make that character sympathetic to, like, these, quote-unquote, lower castes. I was born under the sign of the frog. Or these could be just... I like, feel like the frog would be a proud one. These could be predeter predetermined... 
predetermined uh, like priests or warriors. I, I don't know. Would would it make sense for the whole culture to follow this calendar, or for just like a chosen, chosen handful of a couple different tribes? I think it would be cool if it was the whole culture because okay. it would definitely affect, you know, like like any sort of any sort of larger culture. You usually have a reason why people are like sending their kids away to marry with other yeah. tribes because that keeps like the gene pool from getting, you know, too. Uh, to uh, too much like a web and not like a tree, right? Yes. So, um, yeah. This is how the culture functions, right? How mm-hmm. many months do we have? Say there, are, say there are nine. Nine's a good number. Nine or thirteen. Thirteen? Yeah. I mean, that would be interesting, but it would also mean coming up with a lot of. We have seven. And we could easily split them if we needed to. Like, it doesn't have to be mushrooms and algae, it could be mushrooms, mm-hmm. algae. Frogs, newts, mosquitoes, leeches. Yeah, and I guess we shouldn't base the world around these guys. You know, we should make like come up with like rules for the world and then apply these guys to it. So I think thirteen is a cool amount of months. Okay. Yeah, because it's like it's very close to a to a regular year, but just a little bit longer. I like the added diversity mm-hmm. and how the factions interact. And that way, you have some that are super small and some mm-hmm. that are very large. Yeah. If you have, if you have. Less months, I feel like we may have we ha- can, um, or they would just all be about the same size in how many people they get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Like an elven calendar is just so squashed. Like each month is twenty days. That's why it's so much harder to ha- like land a kid in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's less. Uh, there's it's a harder target to shoot for because the months are so short. Yeah, I like that a lot. All right. Is there any other aesthetic of the swamp that we want to try to? Um, well, is it rainy? You want to have some people worship rain. Well, I mean, you know, just like that. that I, I just think like like I'm thinking of the actual aesthetic of the swamp itself. It's probably pretty rainy and stormy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's got maybe some uh, some volcanic activity beneath it. So there's like geysers. Mm. Steam, lots of steam. Lots of steam. And that could be, you know, how they power some of their, you know. Cities. Some some of their cities, yeah, are like on steam. And that would kind of, um, you know, that would keep them from being too primitive or too, like, clean sounding, right? Yeah. I mean, at this point, we're venturing into, like, these guys sound kind of like gnomes or dwarves. So, like, these guys sound like gnomes, let's be honest. How do we make them less gnome-like? Well, they're bigger than gnomes. They, they should be tall. They should. They could still be like slender and like fair looking. No, but, they, you know, they're under they're all their fair. They. Uh... They're you... fair, but they're like unkempt, and they wear like you know a lot of like tattered, waterproof clothing and mm-hmm. stuff, and like they wear like a lot of like weird skins. You know, like I could see people making like tunics out of like frog skin or something, which would be weird. Uh... I think that they have like. Uh... Huge, I don't know, a huge city with like 13 different areas. Mm-hmm. 13 districts. Yeah. Yeah, and like each area lives, each, uh, you know, each cast lives in each one, and there are a couple that are like kind of slums or ghettos almost. And a couple that are like the ruling. Yeah, and like the market district and stuff, which we could try to like tie to specific ones. I mean, I feel like the it would make sense for the the Caymans to be, you know, like the, 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 the Cayman clan to be like the merchants. Oh, I was I was thinking that we had, like, a class and then a kind of lesser cast that fed into that one. Or, like, oh. did the work, most of the work for them. So, like, yeah. 
the mushrooms would be above the algae and the algae would like do a bunch of work for the mushroom. That would or be interesting like, too. Or like if we did have if we did have like, you know, alligators, then the caiman would like mm-hmm. raise and take care of the alligators and the other people would ride them and mm-hmm. maybe the, uh, the oh, here's a cool thing. So there's alligators and caiman, right? The alligators are like a little are basically like security for the caravans that the caiman Ooh, I do um, like that. That the caiman like operate like from a money standpoint. Um, and like they're like the traders, right? But then the alligators are like, yeah, they're they're bodyguards. So I was thinking religion, but now we're kind of going into these are the, these are their trade. Mm-hmm. Now they're getting yeah, not not specifically a religion, but almost a trade. Mm-hmm. And the mushroom, the mushroom people could be almost their religion. Yeah, yeah, could be like like because I I think it would be interesting if they still did have like a sort of general spirituality type religion because i think that's very typical of elves but like one of the things that's typical of elves that's not like annoying you know it's like one of the things that's kind of cool is that they have a very sort of loose spirituality or you know very um spirit based um soul based kind of um and yeah the idea of the whole swamp being connected because it is by these like somewhat intelligent mushrooms could make for an interesting religious system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the algae could be, you know, like their standard clerks and like, um, actually it'd be interesting if the algae, like the algae moss dudes were like evangelists for them, like traveling, um, missionaries. Yeah. Cause they're like proliferating, you know, and they're trying to grow on everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That'd be cool. Whereas, like, the mushroom ones, like, stay in cities and, like, have, like, the big cathedrals and stuff. And what would moss do? Don't, does moss grow in the swamp? I think moss would be not, not essentially a swamp thing. Not necessarily, but, I mean, there are, you know, I mean, maybe it could be that the, you know, moss and algae are are hand in hand. They're both missionaries, but the algae ones travel by water and the moss travel by land. Frog newt. Have... I do think that if we have them riding frogs, then frogs should be like warriors and guardsmen. Yeah. I not so. like not like caravan guards, but like city guards and like guards of like the territory. Would be interesting. I think yeah, I think so. Um are all these people free to travel into the into the surrounding world? Because I think they should be. I think they should be able yeah. to. Yeah, because I think the seclusion can be kind of it can be sort of disappointing when you like make this like race that's really interesting and then they like don't interact with the other races a whole lot because then like you don't get to see them in context a lot yeah. and then you don't get to see them like reaffirming their values in the world because they just hang out in their little hovel right yeah and having them interact with their surroundings is a good way to just show how the uh, other cultures interact with them mm-hmm. I think it'd be really interesting to play off like maybe a couple of uh, mosquitoes travel through a village and people hate them because maybe because they're, they're like mosquitoes you know because their dogs got like sucked dry by a couple of pets <laughs> oh that would be an interesting scenario too that and like, then, like a caravan of nooch pass through and they get like almost stoned yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun, and also it'd be a way to introduce player characters in a in a setting in a sorry player characters in a tabletop or the main character in a book. Be a way to introduce them to the uh, to the elf culture, mm-hmm. and like be like, hey, elves are here. This is them, right? This is what they're like, and um, 
Now, you, you know, Hanson brought up a good point when we were when we were cut at one point where this is a lot like Dark Elves from The Elder Scrolls. I have no I I'll, I'll tell you the similarities cuz there are a lot of differences um I think cuz I mean the the Dark Elves in The Elder Scrolls are very bureaucratic. Okay. Um, and like they're very clan-based like ours are, but they're like much more like a formal government and like they have their interactions with um they have like like i don't remember which house it is but they have like one house that like sort of is like the emperor's lapdog and then they have other houses that like are like based on like magic or whatever so they have like these different okay but they aren't tied to their surroundings as heavily as far as just like like their culture goes there's like one group of dark elves called the ashlanders that are like firmly situated in their biome and like like kind of like worship their animals and stuff like that but like most dark elves are like a much more a much more human-like society so okay. i do feel like we are like avoiding a lot of the tropes but it is similar in that they live in a big mushroom area you know like they live in a place that's full of mushroom trees i mean the telvani live in mushroom towers and are wizards so you know like there are some tropes that we're that we're definitely stealing from elder scrolls but also, the Dark Elves are really cool. The Dark Elves are one of, in my opinion, one of the most interesting fantasy races. So, you know, of course I'm going to, to yeah. try to use some of that. Of course you try to incorporate the stuff that, that you like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And still, I think ours are interesting because, you know, we're tying them to all these swamp creatures that are real swamp creatures. Oh, shit. The Dark Elves and the Elder Scrolls don't have traditional animals in their, in their like, their um, habitat. They all have like like these made up animals. So ours Damn. is very, very different in that way. I got a bunch more, man. I looked up swamp wildlife. I... <laughs> okay, all right. Apparently it's apparently animals like white tailed deer, minks, raccoons, pleated woodpeckers, purple We haven't introduced we haven't integrated any birds. Egrets, herons, alligators, frogs, turtles, and snakes are often found in cypress swamps. We didn't even think about snakes. I mean, I think that we can avoid a lot of like the more regular animals like deer and stuff like that just because like i think you could if it, it is different than a regular swamp it has giant mushrooms mm -hmm. if we want to admit certain creatures that we think are maybe a little bit too broad that don't really give like the aesthetic of a swamp you know like when i think deer i don't think swamp even though i'm sure a swamp has deer black bears but when i think mushrooms frogs gators i do think swamp okay we're taking out the rats and we're putting in raccoons <laughs> okay, all right. We I didn't are... know that they lived in swamps. That's neat. Uh, I think woodpeckers are good. I would love if the raccoon cast really liked traveling and really liked to live in human cities. And if not otters, for sure minks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mink, otters minks are, are good ones. Minks are so cool. Mm -hmm. uh, otter. That'll be one. You think the raccoons like living in town i would love if they like were like kind of city dwellers and that they really liked like human cities in particular okay that would be kind of cool they like the bustling city life and that maybe they're uh they're a little bit roguish i think anytime you introduce raccoons or like a raccoon based like faction that they should be really roguish because you know not just because they look like they're wearing masks but because raccoons are just really like this, kind of scruffy little creatures so this thing i found it goes through a bunch of different like swamps in different countries, and I think white-tailed deer are in all of them. Really? Yeah. I guess we gotta include white-tailed deer then. I mean, we could, but they seem like the most elf. Yes. We could almost make a different type of deer, mm -hmm. but I don't know how I feel about that. 
Uh, let's just put that off for now. Raccoon. We've kind of covered a lot of the animals, but what else should we be thinking about when we're talking about making a race, right? We've talked about their spirituality a little bit. We've talked about their social structure, their, um, their, a lot of their culture, like as far as like their, um, like their, their calendar even. Mm-hmm. Um, what are their cities like? We said that there's districts. I think that they are pretty well built palaces and built structures. Built out of what? Like mushroom wood or something? No, I think they're built out of stone. Okay. I think stone yeah. and... And uh, clay. Stone and clay, yeah. Built around some pretty cool little sections of mushroom. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, each district would have like a specific palace built around the probably the core of their months their mushroom node or yeah core of their months like beliefs oh yeah 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 okay so i the frog one would be built around like a biome that excels in producing the frogs that they use and the same thing with the alligators they're probably connected so that they can I don't know, the wildlife could interact how it should. So you think that the wildlife is very active in the cities? Not in the cities. I think that I'm almost... You think like, like they build cities for their different... I just... Okay, I like the idea of this. A grand, like... Okay. So think about a huge swamp, right? Mm -hmm. Not even a huge swamp, but a pretty big swamp. And then, like, 13 different towers built in a circle around it with mm-hmm. like walls connecting walls and tunnels connecting them. Okay. So, and so it's like these, a nature preserve that has lots of people living near it. Well, it has people living in the towers and mm-hmm. I'd say on the outer walls. And then okay. it, the, in the inside is almost like a swamp preserved. So mm-hmm. people can't get in there. Mm-hmm. And then each of the, each of the, like the base levels in the towers mm-hmm. is where they have their own biomes where they, like, if they see a big frog out in the wild, they take it in there so it doesn't get eaten by an alligator. Mm-hmm. But that can happen in the middle. Yeah. And that they each take their own thing and raise it in seclusion. That and would be interesting because it would also introduce this element of, like, there's probably a faction of people that are like, we shouldn't be secluding any of these animals. But then there's, like, a traditional culture of, like, but we want to preserve, like, the... You know, like the biggest frogs that we find and stuff like well, that. Well, the middle biome is the middle where they, biome is probably where, yeah, they, where they all biome. interact. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they each take their own thing inside to raise it. Yes, and yeah, I mean it would create interesting discourse, right? What are the logistics with that? With I feel like you could build a wall like that. You could build oh, yeah. like a tunnel connecting the two. Mm-hmm. They could be like I wonder what their mode of transport would be. Like, if, do they have like a sort of like well, frogs, alligators. Uh, that's only two of the factions. So, oh, otters. Yeah, so like, so they ride animals mostly yeah. to get around. Yeah, that'd be cool. So like, like the like the inside of the wall is like a big transit system that has like all kinds of like there's like vines Imagine. and there's stuff like that. That'd be really cool. Just uh, water, of course, like a little river running through. Dude cruising on a turtle, dissing on like some guy with like twenty mosquitoes on a leash, trying, <laughs> yeah. to, like, trying to like float down there. Yeah, I also love the idea that the mosquito guys have like these net backpacks that are just full of mosquitoes. Yeah. That they grow like they just have like a bit. Like you can like see into it, but the mosquitoes like can't get out. They just have a big old ba- sack on their back full of mosquitoes. Not like sack, but almost like a backpack. Yeah. Yeah, they like kind of like it like budges and like moves around because the mosquitoes are trying to fly out. Oh, it'd be hilarious. So they have this grant. 
they can have a couple of these cities. Mm-hmm. But that's how they keep their mushrooms secluded, is that mm-hmm. they, they can, like, see in the walls and see the colors that they're turning. Yes. And but, also, I think that these cities should be built around specifically, like, nodes where the mushroom, like, network is at its most dense. Yeah. Like, like, like specific there, areas where there's tons of mushrooms. And then there are some, like, outside the cities, like, throughout the entire swamp. Mm-hmm. But, like, within is where there's, like, all yeah. the big ones. So they're not surrounding the entire swamp they're just surrounding maybe the heart of the swamp and then they're in a larger swamp yeah it's a big biome we almost have created now the trios from uh war warhammer oh really is it pretty similar yeah they they kind of have their tree cities protected but it's so so i feel like that's us using it healthily though because it's like yeah here's a thing that is pretty elf right mm-hmm. which is like building cities to protect nature preserves but these nature preserves aren't like big old trees that like are more smarter than any being. Yeah. They're like, no, they're just like these mushrooms that glow that like they think are really neat and that they use for a lot of like practical purposes. Like getting high. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's, there's like a huge, like there's yeah. gotta be a huge, um, psychedelics trade that is like totally legal. Yeah, for sure. But the only people allowed to eat on the eat on the like main mushrooms mm-hmm. are the fucking mushroom sect yes everyone else that's that's outlawed but like also like the only people who are able to take like the the most sacred um frog poison based psychedelics is the frog people right yeah and those two casts maybe are more into that than others you know yeah if you just get really hippie frog yeah. writers oh yeah that are like yeah it, it would be pretty hilarious actually so the frog and newt people are going together mm-hmm so we got and mushroom and algae. I think I'm gonna put them together. Mm-hmm. Okay, I gotta re I gotta rework this entire thing. So find something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so what do they use for weaponry? Do I feel like they you know like elves? They don't. Well, I guess not like all elves, but like certain certain types of elves. They don't use like metallurgy. Like they make their weapons out of like wood and stuff. Yeah, that would be interesting. Wood and like teeth and whatnot. Well, and turtle scale. And turtle. Yeah. So like they they basically make them all out of. Um, you know, found objects. I would say they still, I I think you could probably find some good metal in the the swamp. I think you could, but I like the idea that they aren't about digging. Well, I would like to think that they could dig. I don't like making races not about certain things, but I would say that they don't because of the rust issue. Mm -hmm. Terrible rust. And that if you were to strike a, like, if you were to, like, dig through the mushroom like network that yeah. it would be like really taboo that so a lot I of them like, don't try it's not that they don't want to it's that it's taboo yeah so like there have got to be like some really enterprising um cayman clan dudes that really just want to mine and like maybe even sell the stuff to to humans and whatnot mm-hmm. and that that's like really frowned upon but they don't necessarily care because I could see the the caiman and crocodiles being quite opposed to the mushroom ones because they very like, very pig headed yes yeah and they're not like crazy about like all the psychedelics and stuff you know that that's like not their thing so they're like ah oh, who cares if we dig through some mushrooms you know like it's yeah. we're out in the middle of nowhere this isn't from the big mother mushroom or anything you know ignoring the fact that it's all connected that'd be neat but I do you know I mean like their their metallurgy probably shouldn't be like super advanced. No, and I hate that. Simple. I also hate that, too, when it's like, hey, dwarves are the people that have dedicated their entire lives to mining and creating smithing, but if elves do it, 
It's better than dwarves. Yep, it's amazing when elves do it. There's one elf that just does it so good and perfect and beautiful. But they do live in trees. But yeah. they don't use metal. They live in they trees things. and they've sworn off metal. But like, there's just so much better at everything than everybody else. So they can just yeah. So make... their swords have to be awesome. Yeah, but only if they find a meteorite. <laughs> yeah, this will be very fun. So um, I would say they have. I I don't know. You find different weapons in different sects. So the frog people would be archers. They got a lot of poisons. And stuff, but like gators probably centered around combat using their animals. Same with, I, I would almost say, otters. Mm -hmm. uh, otters could be about scouting and like stealth and stuff like that. Maybe. Be a little sneakier. I think that'd be kind of cool. Because otters are, I mean, they're related to like weasels, aren't they? Yeah. And we, you know, like, like kind of like long. But have you seen how good minks are at like hunting? I mean, I believe that they're good at hunting. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I you know, maybe it could be a mix of both. Yeah. Okay. If you're thinking about a rat, about one of these that's like about scouting specifically, it would probably either be some sort of bird or. Yes. I actually have a. Have we? Do we have one that's based on a bird? Okay, so let me finish this. Okay. Um, but yeah, so so they use you know they have like some basic metallurgy, which I think should mostly be used for like like less for like weapons making and more for like infrastructure, piping and whatnot. But, um, you know, that's, that's, you could, they don't have to use it all for one thing, right? Um, as far as their, like, we said their houses are made out of brick. Um, do they just, do they just use, like, fire for heating? Or do they have, like, some sort of, like, magical heat slash energy source? I mean, I think it'd be interesting if they had, like, because they have all these volcanic vents... If they use that to like heat the Ooh, walls. yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So Definitely. it's not like it's not like like combustion engines and stuff. Like it's all coming out. Of... Wouldn't not make them adverse to using fire. Yeah, like but... they don't hate it, but it's not like they're it's not what they're built on. Yeah, right? I always I do think that in most I like you know when I whenever I'm thinking of like making a fantasy world, I think that fire should be a human thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting when humans have an obsession with fire, because I think that's that well, kind of more true. Dwarves because too. Dwarves but... almost centrally have religions around, you know. Mm. I just like I just think that the fun thing about humans having fire is that in our world, observably, humans are the ones that use fire to like, like more than any other creature. Okay. You know, because like other creatures can't make fire and we can, and I think it would be interesting if when you put the humans in another world with other sentient beings. That it's still humans that specifically really like fire. Yeah, and rely on it. Yeah, and rely on it more than other ones. Like maybe maybe your dwarves don't like fire because they don't need heat to like to like live. You you could just come up with interesting things like that. But we'll get around to dwarves another time. For now, I think it would be interesting if the elves like really relied on the volcanic vents for most of their power, heating, um, maybe even for their travel to a certain degree. Interesting. I picture like a monorail that runs on like volcanic power and I think that would be sick, but you know, might not be necessary since everybody's riding animals everywhere. Not everybody. Certain, certain sects don't. Mm. And there's got to be like differences between cities. Like I'm sure there's a city that's way more industrial than the others. 
I am out to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay, I need one more, but let me hit you with these so far. We got the we got the mushroom algae people, right? Mm -hmm. We got snakes and turtles. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, now we have snakes and also turtles. I put them together, but now I'm making them separate. Now yeah, we have, seem pretty Now we have 13. Okay. Okay, so we have mushroom algae. That's one. Mm -hmm. We have snakes, mm -hmm. turtles, mm -hmm. mosquitoes. Leeches, we got gators and caiman, they're together. Mm -hmm. We got raccoons, we got newts and frogs, they're together. Mm -hmm. We got otters and minks mm -hmm. together. We got herons, we got mm -hmm. woodpeckers, we got eels, and we got fireflies. Oh, and that's fireflies. where we're at so far. Yeah, the fireflies ones, you could do a lot of cool visuals with that, mm -hmm. a lot of cool images with that. I think you would definitely have to worry about falling into some cliche territories. You know what do you mean? Well, I, just because like fireflies are like a very classically pretty. Um, oh, I would say thing. make them make them assassins, and then they Ooh. have they have like lights that they can always like turn on, glimpse and like rehide, and then. And explorers maybe. Yeah. I always like the idea of, and I've seen this in a lot of fantasy, so it's not an original idea, but I always like when I see jars of fireflies mm -hmm. that people use as like lanterns. Oh, I'm thinking like. Bug grasping your arm as he like holds oh like a giant him. firefly on your wrist yeah. oh yeah that'd be sick yeah they they would be cool scouts too they would be cool as like like maybe like as far as like scouting and like patrolling mm -hmm. that there's like a few different casts that kind of like form little scouting bands like you know you have a heron and you have your firefly and they all have like a role that they play pretty like regularly it's like a job description almost like mm -hmm. you apply as a firefly for a scouting expedition it would be really kind of a cool. That would be just a really cool concept for a D&D &D campaign, is all yeah. I'm going to say. That would be really awesome. But, um, yeah, Fireflies being, like, assassins and, like, sneaks would be kind of fun. The cool thing about this is you can all give them, like, traits that mirror their animal. Like yes. Traits and, and fighting styles and different... And you could just... Beliefs. That's, like, infinitely deep. You could just keep yeah. adding details. Because... Anytime you base something off of animals, you can just keep learning things about that animal and keep relating it to your, you know, religion, to your religion or to your culture. Dude, do we make the mosquitoes and leeches like cannibals? I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to resort to the whole like nature and primitive and cannibals thing. Do I know how, I know how we can use it by not doing that. Mm -hmm. The, the leeches can be doctors. Mm-hmm. And, then and, mosquitoes. and mosquitoes are like corners. Yeah, yeah. We, we just like donate the the dead to the to their mosquitoes. And I do think that like mosquitoes and like I think flies and gnats should be like all encompassed by the mosquitoes. One. Okay. But um, I like the mosquitoes being a little bit more of like an offensive sort of like, or maybe defensive sort of like. Um, Definitely defensive. Yeah, I think I like the idea of them then... being of them being militant is the only thing because because I mean it's a little bit selfish but fight scenes where dudes are like have like mosquito swarms that they control that's awesome. Like One Punch Man. Yeah. <laughs> there is a guy like that in One Punch Man, isn't there? It's a lady. A gal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I definitely. And it's definitely so. also like it's like a little icky, right? So. It creates an Can you imagine a giant woodpecker dealing with a guy? Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be so awesome. What do woodpeckers do then? Are they like... I would say that they... Wait a second. 
Why would there be woodpeckers if there's not trees? There are trees. They could burrow into, like, mushrooms and stuff. I don't want to include too many trees or else I think it cheapens the idea of it being a big mushroom swamp. Here's the thing about it, though. They don't have to be super tall trees like mm. Everglades. They can be, like, you know, short, stunted. Little, yeah. I, I like to think that they're just, like, very fat trees. Yeah, little ugly, slant, um, stubby little trees. That's the type of tree that they have, I'm pretty sure. So I'm going to pose a question for you because this is something that I was that I think could be interesting. Okay. This is a this is a greater lore question about these elves. What if at one point these elves were pretty traditional elves living in a pretty traditional elf environment, but this was so far in the past and they were displaced by something, by some sort of like, you know, big invading force or were like kind of like enslaved and displaced oh, damn, somewhere else. So... And then this was so long ago that they like were displaced to this swamp and they grew to like like keep a lot of their like traditions or like like a lot of their like morals but apply them to these swamp creatures that are less fair. I mean I like that, but then you're playing into a lot of a lot of the tropes. I like the f- elves are you know, pompous, but the thing is, they have a reason to be bitter, and it's the fact that they were depl- displaced, you know? Is that pretty common? Displaced, displaced, yeah, displaced by man, or like... But I think that can be a good Destroyed by trope. man, unrooted by man. Like, I get it, but it's always, it's always elves, and I like the fact that it can be other races, and it can be other races doing it to other races. But I think it's one of those tropes that is, like, one of the cool things about elves. Do you think... I think that's one of the... Because because I think you can make much more interesting and aware messages with that specific. Yeah, and I get it, but I think that it's more valuable when it's other races doing it to other races, and it's you know the fact that it's everybody doing it to everybody, and it's not just. Oh well, that, it could certainly still be that. I'm thinking that this was so long ago that it's like ancient history. Yeah, but to elves, what is really ancient history? How long do these ones live? I'll give them like 300 years. Is that because of the mushrooms? I think it's because in order for their cyclical month-based calendar religion to have any merit, they would not need to live that long. And I think I would like to almost think that they chose to live in the swamp, you know? I think you could go either way with it. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's like myth territory. So it's like, did it happen that way? Did it not? But I think it would be a good myth to have. because. Because I really do think it ties it into like, yeah, these are elves. Because here's the thing that happens with a lot of elves in a bunch of stories. Here's this. I'll let a third of the sex believe that. (laughs) (laughs) One third of them and no more. You may choose any of them except for frogs. Which uh, ones believe it? I think that the... Well, not the... so Probably probably the ones that have it the worst would want to believe that they should go back to that way. Yeah, so let's say it's not a third of it. Let's just say the ones that, like, have it the worst, like the mosquitoes, the leeches, the... The um the caiman maybe no the caiman don't have it that bad. The caiman that's that you're looking at the old ones. Oh, it's these ones that are the ones. Let's see. I feel like uh, maybe the um, yeah mosquitoes, leeches, the snakes. Um, you think the snakes have it bad? Do you think it would be bad to have like giant anaconda pet snakes that that? They seem like they would be a little more counterculture. I think that. They would always just be like napping and chilling and trying to find warmth and stuff. Hmm. 
Could go either way. I don't know. I mean, snakes when, when always, you, snakes typically always when you go for snakes, you kind of go for like a little bit. Because snakes are, you know, venomous, carnivorous creatures. Not swamp snakes. Not always, but they are carnivorous, right? Yeah, but um, venom is a good thing in the elven culture, you know, with the mushrooms, with, being, um, with the mushrooms and the and the toads. Well, frogs. is all venom good, or is it just that some venom is good? I mean, it's all it's all like useful, but it could be because snake venom I don't think is often used as a as a drug, is it? No, but so that's, it's a very different kind of. Yeah, venom. but there's only it's a fact, couple. It's used for war. Yeah, but that's what the frogs use it for: is war and. It's a benefit. I would say that it, their culture definitely doesn't, I don't think, would look down upon it. I don't think it would necessarily that they'd be looked down upon, but I could see the snake. How about we make the turtles down. look down upon? Because I feel like snakes got it rough. They, they, and in a culture that worships specifically the swamp, I don't think a snake would be bottom tier. But snakes are like, like they are bottom tier, like, like physically. Like they slither along the ground. Yeah, but you know, soda, like, soda. I mean, I guess everything slithers along the ground, right? In, we in, have in frogs, we like have this. newts, we have leeches. You mm -hmm. think in a world, there are eel people in this? Mm -hmm. You would I mean, make them bottom tier over snake people. Why not snakes eels and can, snakes? Because eels can leave, snakes can leave the water, and eels can't. I feel like if we're trying to make it so that the snake people aren't um, and snakes can aren't climb a little trees. bit edgy, it's almost trying to break a trope just to break it. I don't, I don't see snakes as not edgy creatures. But that's just my own perception. Because they're anacondas. They're chill. They're not, they're not like, you, I don't know. I feel like in a world where mosquito people are a thing, they would be far below people who like worship snakes. Well, I guess you are thinking of like anacondas and not like smaller snakes. Yeah. I mean, they're like, there are probably dudes that are smaller snakes too, right? Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, and maybe so, also... so, so let's leave the snakes one. That one's up in the air. That one's up in the air. Yeah. How about you guys tweeted us whether we should have snakes that are bottom tier or top tier? Because not bottom, not all the way bottom, but lower half. Right? Lower half is what I'm thinking. Especially given that some of these like turtles have gotta be respected, right? Dude, I was just saying ancient. they should be bottom tier because Why? Turtles live like so long. Yeah, but they don't do that's anything. Like, but that's like hide. like a that's like a that would have to be like a, Historians like a, and a stuff. good feature for elves because they like live so long. Like seeing seeing a parallel in tortoises would be, you know, you gotta do something good with that. I suppose. I think so anyway, especially specifically because we're talking but about. But here's elves. the thing: if we're talking about our own unique elves, do they think long life is a good thing? I think you'd have a hard in, in living, I feel in like living it would in be an interesting like philosophical question for them, but I doubt that they as like en masse like want to die. Yeah, know? okay, but let's let's think about it related to animals, right? You have what that lives a long time. Mushrooms, probably turtles are another thing, but mosquitoes, super short lives, mm -hmm. leeches, all the mammals and uh, and amphibians, they all have shorter lives. I think all, everything besides mushrooms and frogs would have, you know, shorter lives. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason for them to especially... I guess they could revere turtles if if there's only a couple things that live for a really long time. Yeah, they, I think they could have an appreciation for turtles at least. And, and not it doesn't only... necessarily have to, you know, like that. I think it would be one of the higher regarded... But... Maybe, you know, throwing this whole, like, value system of good animals, bad animals, or good animals and less good animals away, 
I feel like we could just say that they do revere them all equally and that there's certain casts that just get more glamorous jobs. No, I don't think that they would do that. I don't think, I think so. any sort of, yeah, any sort of, uh, like, you're definitely, some people are proud of the month they were born and some people aren't. Some people, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess it could depend on the person. It's not valuable to say that they all are valued equally. But I would say that it is fantasy, so we could make any of these animals have longer lives than the rest of them. Yeah, but I, I do like that we keep their traits. Yeah, okay. I think keeping their traits is important. Um, so, is this in the Gigafish world? It is. It is. So, how would we... Like, is there a way that we could introduce it into the actual story? Or would it have to just be a thing that runs parallel to the, to the narrative? See, I don't quite know if I remember enough from the Gigafish story... Okay. Well, I have so, a, well, I have an idea of where it could go. I mean, I have some names and stuff written down, but I don't exactly know. I have an idea of where it could fit in. That part where they go to that pirate bay, um, where like all the, um, you know, all the criminals live, mm-hmm. and when they're looking for whatever the one pirate's name was, um, that could be on the shore of like the the swamp that the elves live in. Or we could just yeah, make sure. an elven pirate. Yeah. An elven pirate who, like, you know, was raised up. What? Here's, what, a, here's yeah, a better which question. Which one of them would, which which cast would an elven pirate be from? Oh, God. Dude, it could be from a lot of them. I'd like to think a raccoon. I would love mm. a raccoon guy. A raccoon pirate. Getting his shiny doubloons. Yeah. A, a raccoon <laughs> and a couple minks and maybe, like. And some, some crocodiles, too. Some crocodiles yeah. and Kami would make sense because they are a little bit more. Um, that would be a fucking scary crew to fight against. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no poison, though. No poison. I mean, you know, where do you get... I guess sea urchins have poison, but, well, you know, there's not a lot of, like, poison... When you think of the ocean, I don't think poison a whole lot. Right? These guys are more just about flint and steel, right? Flint and steel and fighting with animals. Mm-hmm. Or using their animals to fight, I should say. They don't fight with men. Right. Yeah, no, they, they have uh, them as pets. More pets, sort of. Do we want to talk about how elves interact with the other races of the world? I'm not sure that we've kind of outlined I think much something beyond that, humans. Yeah, well, something that is kind of frustrating a lot is that humans and elves are often put in opposition to each other. But given that the elves that we're making are really industrious and, um, you know, I seem a little bit more practical, I feel like they should get along with humans pretty well. Um, I think it would be kind of a fun thing. I don't know if they get along with humans very well, but I would say that there are some different months that enjoy the company of humans more and some that would be more biased against them Mm -hmm. and some, like, some sects that would dislike humans and dislike their treatment of the swamp or, like, you can rely on those old tropes or... um, I don't know if I want to have humans be the one who long ago displaced the elves. Yeah, no, I think it should be some other race. Yeah, I'd like the fact that... Or even some sort of monster. So there's not that bitterness there, but there is a sort of, like, I don't know, bitterness. There's, I'm sure there's certain months that dislike humans more than other months. Yeah. Yeah, and, and... As long as it's not the sort of culture where elves like look down on humans as like, oh, you have a short lifespan, you're all foolish and brash. I think as long as I, that's something I want to avoid. Yeah, I right? know. I just yeah, I just got out of The Witcher where it's like, 
oh my god, it's like, you have the lives of a cockroach, and we could have killed you, and we could have done all this stuff. We were the masters of the universe and controlled the entire world, but because you could give elven women orgasms, we let you live. Yeah, that, that stuff is just kind of toxic. I mean, depends on your tone. I like series where races don't just dislike each other on principle yeah, always every scene where they interact it's, it's like always like a big like, like we have to bring up all this history it's like well we feel bad for you elves and we're real sorry but we had to fuck a lot and make a lot of babies and you know <laughs> take property it's like yeah like yeah. that stuff just gets tiring I mean, you can have some elements of that, but it doesn't oh, yeah. need to be like the entire race hates this entire race because it's just... And that it comes up in every conversation. Yeah. That's a big one, too. Like, even okay. if there's like like some like subtext of them like being being like like not liking each other, being sort of distant from each other, it doesn't have to just come up as like, well, now we have to introduce the lore. There's talk about lore every time they like talk to each other, talk about the horrible things that they've done to each other. There is certainly a place for all of those interactions, but I like the fact that now we have 13 different sort of, um, I mean, they share a culture, but they have 13 different paths that they walk down, so you can have a, a different array of, you know, a complete array of how they interact with humans, how they interact with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's just it's just making for a kind of elves that seem a little bit less, um, a little bit less pompous. A little bit less, yeah. I think we've succeeded in making slightly less pompous elves, probably because we're associating them with a lot of lower creatures, you know, quote unquote lower creatures. What would you consider a higher creature? Well, like when I think of like the pompous kind of elf-ish creatures, I think of things like, you know, stags and hawks, falcons. Um, panthers like 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 high like i guess just kind of nicer more fair animals so then having things like toads mosquitoes these like, are these are very different in tone even if you know like even if we want to make us we are making a statement on how like those animals are equally as valid and cool mm -hmm. but like just automatic association there's a very different tone these are some elves that could very, very easily get down with some goblins, and that I admire. Yeah, right. They can hang out with some goblins. I'm sure they get. They, they got to be adjacent to goblins. Goblins got to live somewhere near their territory. Of course, yeah. They if probably. They've got to be goblins. So here's the thing. What is what do the elves trade with the goblins? Like, like, um, like talking about commerce. Yeah. Uh, poisons. Why would the goblins eat poisons? Are they the kind of goblins that are sort of warlike and that kind of are always scrapping with humans? Because um, I feel like that's a really essential trope of goblins is that they're always kind of making trouble for humans. Maybe we'll get into that later. We'll yeah. get into that when we talk about... Yeah, maybe once we get around to the goblin episode, let's talk about what do these goblins trade with the elves. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. All right, well, is that it? Do, have we established our uh, elven... Yep, this is how elves are going to fit into that Gigafish universe, guys. Stay tuned. <laughs> no, but regardless, world building's really fun. Uh, tweet at us if you think we should change our elves in any way, or if you like what we did. Or if you have a series where they did elves really well. Yeah, let, us, let us know, and we'll revisit it eventually, and it'll be great. Uh, and if you want to support our podcast, we have a Patreon. You can find us 
tropes and tirades and then become a patreon we have a lot of different tiers if you want to talk about them. yeah so our, our lower tiers are about revisit episodes posing questions for us to bring up um in some patreon specific content um uh we also have a tier for um homemade or not homemade but uh made by us D modules like uh our first one is likely going to be a like a tavern um with a bunch of different npcs interactable and stuff like that it's kind of uh we're going to be releasing those monthly for people who are subscribed to that tier. Um, at higher levels, we have a workshopping space where we're going to be looking through people's work on a quarterly basis, giving our own feedback or giving our own thoughts, if that's something that you seem interested in. Um, all those tiers, we'd love to see people getting some involvement because we are excited to kind of try to build a community around, a, around our writing, around just writing in general, fantasy specifically. Yeah. It'll be awesome. Oh, and not just fantasy. Fantasy will also do poetry and literary fiction, if that's something you're interested in writing. We'll also review D&D notes for people on a quarterly basis. If they don't got writing, they just want to talk about their their own world building, their own D&D stuff, their DMing stuff, rather. Yeah, we can uh, hop in the chat and just discuss it and help you iron out whatever you want to iron out. Yeah. Have conversations much like this. Awesome. Oh. Catch you guys next week. Mm-hmm.